My name is Randy Howell, and you're listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. Welcome to the Faith and Fishing Podcast, where every episode I'll bring you an interview with a member of the fishing community, and they'll be sharing their faith stories and fishing memories with you. I'm your host, Cam Steele. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. Um, hopefully by next episode, we will have that introduction re-recorded. Um, it may not be next episode, but soon we will have that introduction re-recorded because I have with me now the official co-host of the Faith and Fishing Podcast, Mr. Robert Randolph. <laughs> Robert, how's it going, man? Good, man. How you doing, Cam? Oh, I can't complain any more than usual, man. Uh, so how have things, uh, how have things been going for you this week? Uh, this week's been busy. The kids are starting to uh, get ready to go back to school. I've got one going to college. So we're tr- trying to get all his stuff ready. And uh, it's just a busy time of the year. Um, you know, sports going on. So chasing kids, trying to fish a little bit. But, uh, you know, you know how that goes. Absolutely. I've got a, a car repair that the part has finally come in for. And at that point, I'll finally be able to get the kayak out. Um, ready to go. I am. I am raring to go, man. So um, before we jump into the episode, just a couple of housekeeping things. Um, so on the merch store, make sure you go check that out. Um, because not only do we have, uh, I've been talking about it for a while, the Hey Y'all t-shirts. Now we've got an Outdoors to Go t-shirt um, also for uh, Robert's, uh, Robert's brand. So make sure you go check that out. Um, Robert, did you have any, uh, any housekeeping stuff you wanted to go over? No, man, I'm ready to roll. Awesome. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, get Mike introduced, uh, for this week's, uh, interview. And we're going to do that right after this. Atollis based out of Charleston, South Carolina is an eyewear accessory and gear company focused on enhancing your time on the water. Their floating sunglass retainers are the most technically advanced around. Over five years of engineering, testing, and exhaustive feedback from paddlers, anglers, and watermen have resulted in a patented design in a class of its own. They're incredibly light and comfortable, built for durability, sport a sleek, minimal design, float virtually all brands and models of sunglasses, and they're back for life. So if you break them, Atollis will replace them. No questions asked. Whether you're fishing, kayaking, or boating, Atollis will save your shades from the dream. Head on over to atollas.co to check out their gear and use promo code FAITHINFISH15, that's FAITH, the letter N, FISH, the number one, five, at checkout to save 15% on your order. Savior Outdoors gives me confidence that no matter what happens, what I take on the water is coming back home with me. With retrieval devices for fishing rods, bow fishing bows, action cams, and even one that can be attached to your other gear, they've got your whole arsenal covered. When one of these devices goes in a drink, it releases a float attached to your gear by 60 feet of line so you can get it back, and the pressure sensitive filter means that you don't have to worry about rain or dips in the water while landing a fish. At SaveYourOutdoors.com, that's S-A-V-U-R Outdoors.com, you can use promo code FNFP15 to save 15% and try them for yourself. All right, so joining us this week, we have Mike Martin from the 
um, from the project Mindfully Outdoors. Um, it's a podcast. It's a website. It's a blog. It's um, some fantastic stuff uh, all about mindfulness and the outdoors. Uh, now, Robert, what do you think of whenever you think of mindfulness? I think it goes hand in hand with what we do. Um, I mean, to me, when I go outdoors, I mean, it's it's to reset my mind and it's to, uh, you know, reconnect with with everything. And uh, so it goes along with with the faith and uh, and fishing. So I think it's I think it's a cool deal. Awesome. I'll say whenever I if you had asked me this question a year ago, you know, I would have been like, it's a whole bunch of, uh, of meditation mumbo jumbo and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I tell you, man, I, I've, I've really kind of started this, this journey of mindfulness and, you know, taking care of, of myself, um, you know, mind, body, spirit, all of that kind of stuff. And, um, meditation has been part of that and, and other stuff too, that, um, you know, I once would have considered hippy dippy stuff, um, but, or, or as my, as my wife would say, granola stuff. Um, but I, I tell you, I, I've really enjoyed, um, you know, this, this journey. And a big part of that for me has been the project mindfully outdoors podcast. Um, and let's go ahead and get Mike in here, um, so that he can, he can talk more about mindfulness because he can do a lot better job than I can. Mike, man, welcome to the show. Cam, thanks for having me. Robert, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing good. To get us started, man, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us who Mike Martin is. Well, as you mentioned, I'm the voice, mind, creative drive behind Project Mindfully Outdoors, which, you know, actually I've got to get into how you uh, originally described it because that's how I felt too. I felt like the, this was a bunch of mumbo jumbo and hippie stuff. And it's funny because I put my show on break for a minute to uh, recharge my batteries and explore some of these different aspects. And I looked into the concept of outdoor healing, which is the direction that I've started moving. And it is. It's a bunch of hippie mumbo jumbo stuff. <laughs> but you know what? I love it. It's so much fun to get out there and tie these things to the the things that we actually do outside the hunting the fishing hiking all these we build this awesome skill set that we don't think about comes home with us and we could put it into practice in everyday life and with project mindfully outdoors it got going based off a real life experience where my life took a tragic tumble, everything fell apart, and I didn't know what to do. You know, I was completely lost, and first place I wound up turning was back to the outdoors, got back on the water, got back in the woods, and I realized, man, all this stuff goes hand in hand. And then I was talking to a counselor one day about sleep, and she mentioned meditation, and I came up with that granola response. That's stupid, man. That's not for me. <laughs> and then, you know, I went out back and I pulled out the crossbow and I clicked. I'm like, dude, I'm breathing. I'm slowing my thoughts down. I'm centering myself. I'm meditating. So why can't I start building on that? And that's what's happened. Absolutely. So um, I'll say for me, um, 
recently. So I went to the doctor for, um, you know, ADHD symptoms and stuff. He said that he didn't feel that I had enough um, symptoms to really warrant medication, uh, but instead he prescribed meditation. And and I was kind of on the fence about it. I was like, you know, if, if this will help, then, then I should do it. But um, I need to get back into it. I was doing okay there for a little bit, and then everybody kept getting sick. And I don't know if you've tried to meditate in a house where everybody's coughing every every 10 <laughs> or 10, 10 seconds or so. It's it's, uh, it's difficult, especially when you're the one coughing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most definitely. But uh, but yeah, we're getting to the point now where I, I should start uh, getting getting back into that. But um, it, it's something that I said, so um, it technically hasn't aired yet, but in our conversation um, on your podcast, uh, it, that's whenever it really kind of clicked for me that, you know, this is, uh, this is how this works is it's, it's a lot like fishing a lure. So you, you kind of, um, especially something like a chuck and wine lure, you, you throw it out there and you, you're paying attention to what you're doing, but you're, you're letting your mind wander and that lure is your anchor. You, you throw it out there and you you're, um, you're you're paying attention, paying attention. You let your mind wander and um, you realize, oh, my mind's wandering. I need to come back to that lure. Um, and with meditation, you know, that's that's a huge part of it is having that anchor, um, whether it be your breath or a particular feeling or um, maybe it's a, a particular part of your body that is um that you're needing to, to rest or something that you're, you're paying attention to. And as you let your mind wander, you kind of bring that, bring it back. Um, so, um, it's, it's what better place for, um, for a mindfulness conversation in the outdoors, you know? Um, most definitely. Um, so kind of, let's talk about your, your mindfulness journey. So, um, from, from where it kind of kind of began to to where it 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 warranted starting this project mindfully outdoors project all right well i would have to probably rewind the clock back about three three and a half years ago where my life had crumbled down around me and my depression and my anxiety really got the best of me to the point where i was living in my truck and i couldn't think or function for myself i mean it, it was severe enough to the point that i would you know i was holding down at a day job so i'd get off work have to go decide what i was going to have for dinner and i couldn't even make those simple decisions it got to a point where if i pulled up and got in the drive through i'd get to the speaker and i couldn't decide what it was that i was going to order so i just drive off and wouldn't eat for you know a couple days till finally I hit this point where I got stubborn and I got through the drive through actually got to have dinner that day. And stubbornness has been a trait that I've realized has helped me along the way because you stumble through things and you're scared to do stuff. You're scared to look in, find that voice until finally it just gets to be too much. And, you know, I can think back to uh, when I started writing blog post and stuff for the website to get going it came off of a conversation about anxiety and it ties back to 
you know, the mention of the fishing lure being your anchor. I was teaching somebody how to fish. I believe it was a stick bait. And basically you're out there and you're trying to look like you're having the the biggest panic attack in the world. And I'm trying to explain this to, you know, the person on the boat with me and it hit me. I'm like, man, that's what I'm suffering from. So if I'm trying to do the opposite with the lure, instead of being a real fish and going to hide behind a rock for safety, you're putting yourself out there. Why can't I start practicing putting myself out there and making all these decisions that I'm so ricking with anxiety and insecurity about and start to do simple little things based on just that little idea. And that's how I started to learn to draw what I did in the outdoors. I started drawing it into my everyday practices and it kind of built from there. And like I said, you know, down the line, I was exposed to the formal word of meditation and once uh, that little button clicked, it became something that I really got addicted to. And I really got in the habit of meditating. But I also added philosophy into it because uh, one of those really, really dark days, I was ready to just give up. I was listening to a podcast and just happened to stumble onto an episode where there was all these different really powerful quotes that challenged the things that I was letting other people tell me. And I believed was me and realized that I didn't want to be, for example, with my second ex-wife, the last thing that was said to me the night before I actually tried to give up was I had nothing to offer my family or my kids. I didn't want that to be my legacy. And I heard that, yeah, I heard a quote from Marcus Aurelius about how adversity is an opportunity to showcase and highlight who you truly are inside. And I thought to myself, I'm better than that inside. So I can figure out all the different puzzle pieces to put together to project who I truly feel I am. And that's what really got the ball spinning. Wow. That's that's interesting to me, and I think the big, the big, uh, the biggest part, and, and something maybe you can you can help me out with, is I think to some level everybody struggles with anxiety and making decisions, but I feel like, and men especially, uh, it's something that you just don't talk about a whole lot, and you. Uh, a lot of people struggle with the decision making and struggle with some of those things that you just went through that you that led you to this. Um, so, you know, what is it? What is the best way? Like, what is something maybe somebody could have seen in you that would have said, like, hey, uh, you know, what what can we do to help those people out or to, to kind of broach that subject? Um you know, for me, what I've found works best and the principle that I really drive home and teach through Project Frankly Outdoors is the idea of taking that big picture, that big decision and breaking it down into small chunks. Because if you think about opening day, being up in the tree and you're staring down at, you know, a record size buck 
you know in the snap snap of the moment you're going to pull the trigger, right? But you didn't instantly just get there. You know, sure, some of us had that sort of thing happen out of happenstance, but a lot of us that really put ourselves and invest ourselves into hunting, we know that we've taken the time to do the scouting. We've taken the time to, you know, spend time at the range, practice, and get everything ready so that when that split second comes down and we got to make a decision whether to pull the trigger or not, we're confident in it. And it all comes from the little chunks that begin to build a staircase to ultimately climbing that tree stand and being face to face with that massive deer. Gotcha. That's awesome. I also wanted to, to ask, um, I know whenever it comes to mindfulness um, and meditation and all of that stuff, you know, the spiritual spiritual side of it is a huge part of it as well. What does that look like for you? You know, that's an ongoing and evolving thing because like I, like I told you earlier about how uh, Stoic philosophy was the school of philosophy that I really got drawn into, which in a lot of ways is like a precursor to modern day Christian Christianity and stuff like that. And I really kind of tied the two schools together in a way to form this like basic understanding but I've also branched out into like Native American culture and that form of the, you know, being connected with the land and stuff like that. And I think overall, I've realized that it's that center principle. You know, we all know that there's a greater purpose out there. We're not just here by happenstance. Something has us here for a reason and building that connection. However you do it, whatever, practices are engaged in that is how you start to bring that out of yourself. And that's, I think the overall purpose and the overall goal, that's what mindfulness really helps you to achieve. Absolutely. And for those of us who are um, a little less schooled in the, uh, in the world of uh, philosophy, uh, what, what does, uh, what is the stoic philosophy like what does what does that entail what is that all about you know it really has its principles founded within the roots of christianity and stuff like that because it's the same principle of being present in the moment and focusing solely on the aspects that you can control so it kind of helps you to eliminate those repul- those impulse react responses. So say there's a, there's a quote from Marcus Aurelius that I really uh, I really kind of tell myself every day when I wake up is through the course of the day you're going to encounter people that you know aren't so good at people in the judgment, and you got to understand that it's not necessarily directed at you. So say someone comes at you to get under your skin instead of blowing up at them and having an argument, you learn to give them space and just let them be you because you can't control that part of it. You control how you react to it. It boils down to the decisions that you make. Awesome. And, uh, I wanted to ask too, um, 
what parts of the the native Native American culture have you kind of grabbed a hold of? I'm really grabbing a hold of the uh, concept of connecting with the land and really honoring every moment that you're out there. To me, that draws me back into the moment, and it draws me back within myself to allow the grace and the space to explore whatever it is that's kind of got me feeling a little off kiltered. You know, if I feel like I'm dealing with a little bit too much anxiety in the daily world, I'll get out in the woods and I'll just kind of sit and watch. I'll just sit down and essentially, for a lack of better terminology, tree bathe. (laughs) And, you know, I, I love the concept and, you know, when you say that, a lot of people are get back to that granola, hippy dippy stuff, and that that's kind of where I started out with. Is it is a lot of that? It's a lot of like rhetorical, open ended questions that if you go out there with somebody like that it practices in that field, they'll ask you, and you're like, man, this is kind of dumb. But then when you sit out there, you know, opening day, or you're sitting on the water and not much is going on and you're trying to figure it out. It's pulling you in and it's making you connect and think. And that allows your mind to kind of focus a little bit. And it draws you into that area, say with the anxiety, you can center in, figure out what's going on and expand upon it and let it go. Yeah. And the, the best part, um, is if you are somewhere where the cell phone doesn't work and because if you, when you're sitting out there and there's no distractions and you really kind of figure out what your place is in, in the world without having the phone going off or, or this is pulling at you an email or something's coming through, you have to take care of, you know, some of the best times or for me going out to, Eastern North Carolina to the coast. Um, I got some buddies that will go out there hunting in Hyde County and you get to Hyde County and nothing's working. So you might as well, you know, I, I told my wife, I'll call you in a couple of days when we get back in <laughs> sail range, you know, the same thing. If you go offshore fishing, I mean, when you're out there, there's no distractions and, you know, sitting in the woods out there and, and you can't get pulled away from it. And it really does help you get centered and, and those distractions not being there for me anyway is a huge part of that. Now, see, you bring up a very uh, important point is when you get out there, you do lose cell phone connection. In fact, one of the uh, and Cam, I'm sure you can, I, you know, experience or not experience, but appreciate this little story it, with the church work that you do how you put yourself out there and it draws people to you. Well, recently I had this girl that I went to school with who I've lost complete touch with and through the outdoor healing and stuff that I put out there, reached out to me about it. And I was like, all right, sure. You know, I'll take you out. We got out to an area where we didn't have cell phone service. And that was like complete shell shock and scary to her. And I know a lot of people that I connect with, it's just like that for them. You know, they're on the fence. They want to get out there and they want to explore these things. But not having that safety net of a cell phone that works is outright scary. And it's a deterrent for a lot of people. 
to go out. And I think emphasizing the fact that you're going to be okay and you start with the baby steps, you go just outside of cell phone range. You know, you could still get back to the truck in an emergency, but you're giving your sp- yourself that ability to grow. And as those those skills get better and you grow more confidence in it, then you go further and further out. And I feel like it's taking somebody in a situation like that, that's on the fence, a little bit scared because of that connective thing and putting them out there in those steps that it essentially becomes like a gateway because then they go out, they start to explore and they learn that confidence factor. They learn that, Hey, whether I'm out here in the woods, on the water, at the job, dealing with whatever life throws at them, they can do this stuff. Absolutely. I miss, I I was thinking about it earlier. I I miss those times where, um, you know, I grew up without a cell phone. Um, I didn't have a cell phone. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I was, was 17 and driving whenever I got to share daddy's cell phone while I was, while I was out. And that was, that was about it. But, you know, I, 11, 12, 13 years old, you know, my sister and I were 16 months apart. Um, we would go to grandma and grandpa's house, grandma and granddaddy's house. Granddaddy uh, had the farm and grandpa had the creek. And uh, we would go to one, whichever one, um, you know, at granddaddy's house, we would go help out on the farm until a little before lunchtime. We would come back for lunch and then we wouldn't go back to the house until we heard the dinner bell. Like it was, you know, we, we weren't going to sit around and, and watch TV or something. We were going to go out and we were going to explore. Um, we were going to probably go do stuff that we shouldn't be doing, you know, <laughs> climbing the fence and getting on top of the barn or um, going and exploring the, the private property of the neighbors or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, now, uh, so to me, whenever I, I get to a point where there's either no cell phone service or I get to ignore my cell phone for a while, maybe even turn it off, you know, it's refreshing to me. Um, but, uh, you know, whenever I was working as a youth pastor, whenever we would go uh, do something and I would say, all right, all the cell phones go in the, in the basket and you'll get them back at the end of end of service or whatever. Man, <laughs> the panic that set in whenever they realized, oh, no, I've got to go 30 minutes. I've got to go an hour without being connected to everything else. It's like even if even if you got to keep it, it would stay in your pocket the whole time, but you would feel so much better about it. That just yeah, it's a safety panic. net. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely, definitely get where you're, where you're coming from there. And it's like, you know, with that safety net, it becomes this magnet for all this negative narrative and your mind is, you know, just a computer. It's a processor. It latches onto every bit of data that gets thrown at it. And, you know, real quickly, those things, they take over the narrative that you're telling yourself and ultimately the purpose of the processor is to make whatever thoughts that you're telling yourself a reality. 
So if you're constantly hearing all this negative stuff, you start telling yourself all that negative stuff, that's where you're going. And just turning the cell phone off for like five minutes a day is a simple little practice that helps you to disconnect from all that negative narrative. You know, you throw the magnet to the side, you get time to actually hear yourself. And as you do it, five minutes a day becomes 10 minutes and so on. You're turning the volume up on the positive self-talk. And ultimately, your mind begins to will that to be the reality around you. For sure. Well, man, we we barely, barely talked fishing. So I got to make sure (laughs) we get a chance to do that some, too. So kind of tell us where you're fishing, what you're fishing for and what you're fishing out of. I'll tell you what, this summer has been one of the coolest fishing seasons of my life. And that's because my youngest son is finally old enough to go and really engage and interact. So we've been walking up and down the Huron River chasing catfish all summer long. And I, I'll tell you what, he's he's sadly outfished me. <laughs> but I, I feel like it, it works in context because, you know, when you go out by yourself, it's all about you. Now, when you go out with someone else, especially, you know, your own child, you're out there to teach them. So you're the guide. You're more than happy to spend most of the time on snagging lines, retying lines, pulling fish off just to see the joy in the experience. And since the last time that you and I talked, I've actually got a funnier chapter to add to that because we were out there a week or two ago and he's you know, just stroking it out there on catfish. And he's he's tied into one, just dropped the line down. Of course, I'm dad, I'm casting across the river. And he ties into something huge. He's fighting this big old catfish. All of a sudden, I'm walking along the rocks trying to get to him. And I s- s- hooked into something. And I almost got pulled in because I was off balance. It was hilarious. <laughs> Neither one of us ended up landing our fish, but it was just the greatest experience ever. you said you said what river is this uh the huron river okay so uh robert and i are in north carolina i don't know about robert but i have absolutely no clue where the huron river is all right think uh lake erie yeah if it runs in yeah it feeds into lake erie yeah Okay. Yeah. So, so when you guys are you guys are bank fishing, walking up and down for the catfish, what are, you, are you guys using cut bait? What are you fishing with? Worms. Worms. Go out. Okay. Go out with the intent to drown worms, and yeah. he's been a magnet this year. It's crazy. You can't you can't go wrong with live worms. <laughs> no, most definitely. Yeah. And know. I don't know. I've been pretty lazy because I've been going out on my own bass fishing, and I just grab a can of worms, and I'm out. You know, just drowning worms and meditating and catching fish and writing articles. And it's been a blast this year. Yeah. Yeah. That's the deal. I I like some good, uh, some good live bait action for sure. I feel like when you get to a point, it kind of gets frowned upon, you know, all the guys are out there at their plastics and whatever. And I'm like, man, you know, there's days that I'm just, 
I'm stressed and I'm going fishing to yeah. relax, you know, and I, I don't want right. to work that hard. Yeah. I got other things on my mind too to work through. So it works. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I like, it's like you were talking about, I, I have three kids and they're 18, 16 and 14 now, so they can kind of handle their own. But there was a time where if I was taking all three of them out, that's all you were doing was retying, rebating. One of them gets thrown out. One of them gets snagged up. One of them's got a fish on. And I don't, I didn't even carry poles when I was taking them because, you know, we would just go catch uh, bluegill and crappie. And, and that's the best thing, especially if you're taking kids is, is take live bait, you know, let them see some action. And right. now they're, they're older. They like fishing some artificial stuff too, but you, you can't beat that going out and fishing some live bait. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What size of I mean, uh, catfish are you guys catching? And we're catching probably about eight to 10 inches. Okay. They're not bad at all. It's, it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, outside of that, it's been when I do get out and I'm taking artificial bait, I'm a topwater guy. So I'm out there frog fishing like, like no tomorrow. That's just that to me, that's where the action is. Oh, yeah. You can't beat a topwater. I'm, I'm down with right. that. I, uh, I need to, I kind of, I kind of got away from topwater for a little bit. I need to get back into it. I, there <laughs> for a long time, it was, you know, the, the popper was, was the one thing I always had tied on. And here lately, it's been, you know, I haven't been getting out in the morning, so I haven't been doing a whole lot of topwater stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely need to, need to, I need an explosion here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, it's if I'm doing the top water, then I'm throwing the my little eight foot uh, sun dolphin in the back of the boat, and I'm heading out to Lake Erie. Yeah, That's you awesome. guys, you catch some smallmouth on Erie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a blast, man. Yeah, I was watching some of the elites. They weren't on Erie, but they were. Uh, oh, I don't even know. I won't pronounce it right. Um, they were up in South Dakota, and they were just killing smallmouth. Uh, so that's that's a fun bite, especially when they get fired up on that top water. <clears throat> you know, I'll tell you a story that comes to mind because Lake Erie is like my go-to lake, and it actually happened uh, around the beginning of this little journey that I've been on. I've always had the, the dream fish for me was always a long nose gar. And, you know, it was always one of those bucket list things that I never, never figured I'd run into. I'm out on Lake Erie one day fishing for bass. Next thing I know, I look over and there's one swimming by the boat. So I'm like, yeah, that ain't going to happen. I'm not even worried about it. And he ended up following me around a little bit. Next thing I know, I'm tied into him and I'm fighting him, you know, on a little drop shot at that. <laughs> and I got him almost within hands hands reach. Somehow he managed to get off, and he took the hook with him. But my weight was still there. I thought that was hilarious. I think that's one of those moments that I'll never forget. And I'm like, man, that that's crazy that that happened that way today. Absolutely, Gar is a uh, Gar's one that I've I had a lot of them hooked, but I haven't landed yes. Yet. Uh, you go to the go to the Eno boat launch on Falls Lake. Go up the Eno River right there. They're all over the place. 
there's long there's gar all in there um you were talking about your your deer stands and you got your camo on what what all kind of hunting do you do uh this year i'm gonna probably only have time to focus in on deer hunting okay so i'll be out there every other weekend and if i can get a couple of days in the week in between i'll be out there a lot of public land hunting yeah that's cool do you, you mainly do um uh, rifle or do you, are you into archery or muzzleloader at all i'm actually all about the crossbow crossbow okay yeah i like the crossbow too i've been i've i've got just regular bow uh, but i've been eyeballing the crossbows just because uh it, it looks a little you can get a little bit longer shot with those crossbows than you can a traditional bow uh, see i i jacked up my shoulder a few years back so it's a little difficult to pull back a bow, and I was like, you know what? Let me give it a shot, and I've just I fall I fall in love with it. You get those longer shots. You get to me, you get kind of the best of both worlds. A yeah. lot of guys frown. A lot of guys frown on it because it's it's too easy. Yeah, but it's getting really, it's popular not. down here. Yeah, it's getting popular yeah. down here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you still got to get down in the trenches and uh, do the work. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, even rifle hunting, unless you're in somewhere, you know, that you're in huge fields and you're making longer shots, I mean, you're, you're still working. So with a crossbow, I mean, what's your, what's your, what would be considered a long shot for you with a crossbow? Probably about 65 yards. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah, I mean, anything over 65, 70 yards is going to be out of range. And, you know, that's, that's still drawing that deer in pretty close. So, Yep, you still got to see the facial expressions. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Awesome, man. Well, there are a couple questions that, that we always make sure that we ask every guest. Um, and I uh, want to make sure you are no different. So I want to make sure that we, we get a chance to ask you. Um, so, Robert, you want to take the first one? Uh, yeah, I can. Let's see here. So... Uh, number one, what's your favorite scripture? What's your favorite yet? Um, (laughs) so, uh, uh, what fishing story or memory means the most to you? The fishing story or memory means the most to me. I'd have to say as a kid, you know, going out with my grandfather on the boat, spending all day on, I believe it was Grass Lake chasing, uh, bluegill, you know, having one of them amazing days. He's out there thinking, oh, we're not going to catch anything. I think I was probably about eight, nine years old at the time. So, of course, I took G.I. Joe's with me and was ready to play on the boat thinking nothing's going to happen. And next thing you know, we're filling up the stringer with with bluegill all day long. Go home, help clean them up. Grandma's cooking fish. And I got to say, that was one of my, probably one of my favorite memories ever. That's awesome. Whenever you're out fishing with somebody, uh, what's your typical conversation centered around? You know, it kind of kind of depends on uh, where they're at. When I when I take somebody out, I like to actually engage and kind of help them work through things. And that started for me a couple years ago, back when I had the conversation that led to that first article that I wrote. I find it to be very interesting to get different people's opinions. And when you're out there, there's no real filter. 
you know, we're not, we're not holding back after the conversation gets warmed up. So I like being able to get those difficult sort of quiet conversations going. That's going to help somebody progress or deal with what sort through whatever they're dealing with at the time. Awesome. Well, we are going to now jump into the what's your favorite segment. Sorry for, for that confusion there, Robert. <laughs> uh, I, I, Sorry, I jumped the gun. I was just ready for the what's your favorites. Yeah, man. So um, we are going to uh, jump into that right after this. With 30 years of experience of handcrafting lures under his belt, Mr. B of Mr. B Lure Company is making high-quality spinnerbaits, buzzbaits, jigs, underspins, swim blades, and more right here in the U.S. All of his skirts are hand-tied, and all of his baits feature a baked-on powder paint, all metal components, and only owner and gamagatsu hooks. All of his baits come in a variety of colors, and if you purchase a bait in the Battle Shad color, 30% of the proceeds go to the Wounded Warrior Project. To see the quality for yourself, go to MrBLureCompany.com, that's MrBLureCompany.com, to place your order and use promo code FAITH, the letter N, FISH, the letter N, P-O-D-1-X-1-0 at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Now take it away, Robert. All right. So now what's your favorite? What's your favorite scripture? All right. Well, I'm not very well versed in the Bible. I will be honest with you there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of spin off a little bit because this is what I carry around All and right. roll yeah. with. It's Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. And I'm not going to pick just one specific little thing. I'm going to go with the whole book, which is book one in which he because i don't know if you know the story of meditations it was his actual journal written for himself by himself to himself it wasn't ever intended for publication and in the first book he actually spends that whole aspect of it breaking down the things that he's grateful for that people have taken the time to teach him and i think to me that really opened the door to understanding the concept of not only gratefulness but trying to become a better person overall that's awesome yeah i uh, i work at a bookstore and uh i'm pretty sure that one is our best-selling philosophy book out of our philosophy section that's the one that we restock the most yeah that's one that hits everybody when they get in touch with it absolutely um what about a, um, and this can be from the Bible, it can be from, um, from anywhere. Uh, what you have a particular favorite, uh, parable or fable or story from, from a, like a, from the Bible or religious text or, um, or anywhere really? You know, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, the Lakota story of rebirth at this point that's the one that really hits me is basically you know armageddon happens everything goes from great to there's a big flood and ultimately there's one one woman left and when she realizes that even her family's dead she uh starts to give up give up hope and then there's an eagle that comes and lands and befriends her 
ultimately the eagle ends up feeling, you know, feeling not only pity or whatever, but also willingness to help and gets cast with the option of remaining, remaining an eagle where he can fly and soar high through the sky and whatnot, or becoming a, a human and help this woman to rebuild the, the, you know, humanity. Ultimately he chooses to become human. And that's really why the Eagle plays such a significant role in native American culture. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Well, what is your favorite fish to catch? Like the real end after they bite, what's the favorite one to reel in? I'm going to go with uh, smallies. <laughs> I'm a bass guy. I'm a bass guy at heart, no matter how much my son drags me out catfishing. <laughs> but there, there's just something about hooking into them in the fight. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. To me, they're, you know, it's thrilling, especially out being out frog fishing, to watch them explode and then, you know, fight them, pull them in, and have that moment with them. Oh, yeah. And I'm a catch and release guy, so everything goes back. And it's just that connection. It's crazy to me. Absolutely. What about what's your what's your favorite fish to fish for? Well, I think that goes back to smallies. But then again, the memories that I'm building with catfish and my son this year, it's getting to be it's getting to be tough to call and decide anymore. I go a lot. Yeah, I go a lot on those connections and those memories about it. But there, there's nothing wrong with with going out and just you know drowning worms for bluegill all day. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. I know you're a catch and release guy, but what about uh, favorite fish to eat? That's easy. That's catfish. Yeah. <laughs> How you like your catfish cooked? I love them in cornbread, fried. Red sweet potato, bake that, and you're good to go. I'll, I'll skip the sweet potato, but I'll take the fried catfish. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. When I first got turned on to that, I ended up down in uh, Corbin, Kentucky. And to me, I've never before that never experienced a baked sweet potato with catfish. I was like, all right, this sounds sounds good. And that was just, it was amazing. Since then, I've just been hooked. Yeah, I like I like sweet potatoes. You put a little brown sugar, a little butter in there, mix it all up. It's tough to beat. Oh, it was magical. Yeah. <laughs> that that was a good 10, 15 years ago, and I still distinctly remember the taste. <laughs> Y'all can have them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So since we're since we're talking about food, what's your favorite fishing snack? Um You know, it's actually uh I'd have to say jerky's a staple, but uh, a few months back, I subscribed to that Backcountry Fuel Box. They've sent some things to me that I'm like, wow, that's that's interesting. That's that's good. It's delicious. One of them being uh, Scratch Labs uh, little gummies. They're like energy-based things, but they, they taste amazing. Before you know it, the pack is gone. <laughs> that's awesome what, so what, flavor, what flavor do you recommend I'm sorry what flavor of the gummies do you recommend 
I'd go with probably blueberry. Blueberry or uh, green tea. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd like the green tea. So, so what about your uh, favorite body of water? What's your favorite river or lake to fish? I'm going to go back to Lake Erie. I, it's it's huge. It's close. I've had some... Uh, I've had some real learning experiences out there. Like um, when I first got my boat, you know, a little eight foot plastic boat goes in the back of the truck and it's, you know, just it's compact. And uh, day after I bought it, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to row this thing around. I got this. No big deal. Get out there. And I got caught in one of those undertoes. Took me about an hour and a half to row back. Like never again, man. I'm getting me a trolling motor. <laughs> And, you know, not only the lessons, but the memories getting out there and with my friends, my kids, the things that we catch, the things that we see and experience. It's amazing. Every time it's different. Yeah. That's awesome. What about your favorite lure to throw? I'm going to go with, uh, man, about a live target frog. Or the live target bluegill. You know, I had a feeling that you were going to say the frog. <laughs> <laughs> I love their frogs, man. Their frogs, the frogs in general, have come so long, so far in such a short amount of time. They look so real now. For but sure. th- those little bluegill lures, there's something about those that are just, to me, are even funner to throw. And I remember, uh, what was it, two or three years ago? I was out fishing with a friend and trying to, you know, explain what you're out there doing. And literally this bluegill come skipping across the top of the water, chased by a bass. And two casts later, I reeled him in and I was like, that's crazy to actually experience what I'm out there trying to do with this thing. It was, it was cool. For sure. Now, is that the, uh, the one that looks like a, like a bluegill on that side? It's the hollow body. Yeah, it's a hollow body. They got bluegill, sunfish, different models, but man, they're they're killer, especially over there on Lake Erie. Now, with your frogs um, and your your live target sunfish, um, yeah, do, do you do any modifications like trimming the skirt or or bending hooks or anything like that? Not really. I'm kind of a straight out the package kind of guy. Awesome. So it's it's. It's nice to know that they still work straight out of the package because you always hear everybody talk about you got to cut at this length, you got to cut one leg shorter than the other leg, and you got to do this, you got to. Right. Do. It's nice to know they still work straight out of the package too. Yeah. I think it gets back to the music days, you know, picking the guitar off straight out the box, just plugging it into the amp, and you're good to go. It carries over onto the water, man. Just pull it out the package, tie it on, and let's go. You got time to chop this and measure that and. Everything like that, man. I, I like simple. Yeah, there's whoever tested the lure is supposed to make all the modifications, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm paying for. That's right. That's right. But what about your fun? Yeah. What about your favorite time of the year? What's your favorite time of the year to fish? My favorite time of the year to fish would be honestly right around January if the ice is thick enough. My favorite, definitely my favorite thing. That's how I celebrate my birthday every year. 
get out there on the ice, spend the night, camp out, and just be there and just enjoy walleye, bluegill, whatever's coming in, coming in that night. It's such a foreign concept to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it was to me, too, for the longest time. And I still, I've been doing it for years, but I, I look at the guys that drive their rigs out there, and I'm like, man, I get cringy and scared about it. I'm like, don't do that. I won't do it. You know, I'm, I'm walking out there. As long as I can walk on it, I'm good. That way I know the truck's safe and dry and I can get home. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, man. And I wanted to ask, um, what kind of guitar do you play? Right now I've just got a simple, I'm not even sure what brand it is. It's an off-brand acoustic. Funny story about how I came across that, though. Because growing up, I had this uh, this mom-and-pop music store that I always went to. And the guy was kind of like my... I guess you could say drug dealer for music equipment. I'd walk in and just take it and pay him whatever. You know, fast forward 20, 30 years, we're in the middle of COVID. And I decided I wanted to start playing again. So I reach out to uh, my boy, Mike Carey, the owner. And at this point, everything's locked down. Couldn't go into stores. So I had to do a back alley guitar deal in order to start playing guitar again. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's <laughs> it was hilarious. Funny. It's funny you 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 word it that way because every musician has one. Um, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I I getting now to the point where it's been so long since I picked it up. I need to start saying I used to play bass. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I need to to get back into that. But yeah, so um, I remember being serious into into that and having my my guy that I always went to for everything. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Well, we are going to start winding down. Um, so, uh, let us know what do you have coming up next for Mike Martin and for project mindfully outdoors? So, uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but at the end of September, I'm releasing a book entitled understanding the conservation of self through trial and error which is based on applying the concept that led to conservation nowadays, the trial and error of it to everyday life. And outside of that, the podcast is going to be relaunching here in a couple of weeks, which I'm actually kicking off with the inner, the conversation you and I had. And I think I'm excited about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, let's see from there. I'm focusing on, deer season getting ready for that fun and experience whatever that's got to do in store for me this year building uh continuing to build connections and bonds with my kids getting that you know growing that as far as that'll grow and just working on me seeing how how much further i can develop absolutely um i almost went into the full on geek mode there's there's a book you say um but <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk later about who's publishing it and all of that good stuff but um but yeah so uh i want to give you an open floor for um you know any kind of sponsors um supporters uh shout outs anybody want to say thank you to all of that good stuff 
Well, I'll start with the book because I'm self-publishing it and I'm giving it away for free. All you got to do is go to projectmindfullyoutdoors.com, sign up for your free ebook copy of it. Plans from there with it, I don't know. The important part is the fact that I get it out there to people. Um, let's see. You can find the podcast everywhere. So Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. The website is like the hub of everything. That is camp, which is projectmindfullyoutdoors.com. I've got to thank, man, there, there's a ton of them nowadays. But the ones that come to mind are Backcountry Fuel Box. Great guys over there, Cody Rich and his crew. They'll supply you with all the best backpack snacks. So for deer season, man, they got you covered. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, Cast King. I just recently hooked up with them, so we're starting to get some go stuff going. I'm excited for that and what that's going to lead to next year. Then, um, who's the other big one that I've recently started uh, doing some stuff with? Fresh Cap. I got to thank them for all the stuff that they've helped me put together and do, which they are much more than mush mushroom-based coffee. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that, that mushroom stuff, that'll, that'll level up. It's like Mario. That will level up your fishing experience. <laughs> And I know I'm forgetting a ton of them, but that's all right for right now. That's awesome. I, I've I've seen I've seen a lot of ads lately for mushroom based coffee, and I'm so curious. Um, you know what? That was that was what drew me to it. I the curiosity I had to find out because I'm I'm a coffee junkie. I live on coffee. So when I decided to reach out and I got some, I was like, man, this stuff is awesome. Let's do some work and so they, they now questions. Does it taste like coffee and does it give you energy? It does taste like coffee. It does give you energy and it does make you travel further down the mushroom road <laughs> <laughs> because they, they also, they recently released gummies, which do have the energy and the boost in them. So it gives you like, it's got the effect of caffeine, but it's not caffeine. And then they've got a lot of supplements and stuff like that. They've got there. Believe me, there's a mushroom something for everything. Awesome. And, um, I, you may have already mentioned it, but if, uh, if our listeners want to find you on social media, follow your adventures, how do they find you? Project mindfully outdoors.com. And then you can go to, all the social media platforms, just type in Project Mindfully Outdoors podcast, and there we are. Cool. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I've had a blast. Um, and, uh, yeah, I have I've really enjoyed talking about mindfully and taking taking the pod, uh, mindfulness and talking taking the po podcast in a little bit different direction this time. So, uh, thank you so much, man. Oh yeah, man, awesome. it's been my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. I got to get you guys out here to Michigan, up on Lake Erie. I'll take you for a mindful fishing trip. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll come up there when that thing's frozen over, and you can uh, we can spend the night out on the ice and see what that's all about. There you go. 
I don't know, man. I I still haven't caught my first smallmouth yet. So the idea of going to Michigan uh, to to Erie and not not going for smallmouth is kind of I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on up. We'll get it done. All right, y'all. Well, um, let's uh, let's go ahead and sorry, I forgot where I was there for a second. Yeah. Um, again, uh, thank you, and uh, and let's 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 do this. Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle in Greensboro, North Carolina offers a wide range of products and services designed to help protect the environment and enhance the time people spend enjoying the outdoors. With an expansive year-round inventory of kayaks, sups, bikes, kayak fishing accessories, paddling clothing, biking accessories, and more, Get Outdoors has established itself as one of the top paddle sports and biking shops in the southeast. They also offer a wide range of kayak safety and technique courses to get you comfortable in your new boat. They'll even get it rigged up for you. Stop by the shop in Greensboro, North Carolina, or check them out at shopgetoutdoors.com. Whether you're a Ned Rig vet or a finesse fishing noob like me, Jade's Jigs is your source for high-quality finesse jigs that raise the bar by being lead-free. Using a tin bismuth alloy not only makes Jade's Jigs eco-friendly, it also makes the jig lighter so you get the same profile with less weight for the fish to feel. Check out jadesjigs.com, that's J-A-D-E-S-J-I-G-S.com to see their full lineup of jigs, styles, and colors. And since you're a Faith and Fishing listener, you can save 10% on your order by using promo code FNF10 at checkout. Another huge thank you to Mike for coming on the show and sharing his journey with us. Uh, as always, all of Mike's links will be in the show notes. Um, there will also be that. Uh, there will also be that um, all things faith and fishing link that will have website. Um, it will have sponsor links, merch store, all of that good stuff. Um, it'll have Robert's links for outdoors to go. Um, so make sure you you check that out, Robert. Man, what you think? Yeah, man, I, I thought that was some pretty cool stuff. I think it goes uh, hand in hand with some of the stuff we've talked about before and and even, you know, really takes it a little bit further. And uh, a lot of that stuff can be uh, linked back to faith. And uh, I think what he's doing and, and sharing that and, and actually writing a book that people can go get on that list and, and get that ebook for no cost. Um uh, I mean, there's no telling how many people that he's helping, and it's just it's a pretty cool deal. So Absolutely. I enjoyed it. And like you were talking about earlier, you know, as as men, especially outdoorsmen, we tend to think of ourselves as rough, tough, and and don't need don't need that kind of help. And um, I mean, you know, I've I've shared I've shared my story on this podcast before. Um, Mike's got an awesome story, uh, you know that. Uh, there are so many of us that have, um, you know, we need, uh, we need to, to talk about mindfulness and what's going on, um, emotionally and, uh, and being able to, to get out and, and let the outdoors heal us. Um, it's, uh, something we need to talk about more for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely finding uh, people of like mind and, and other men that experience the same thing uh, is an important part of your faith journey for sure. Absolutely. Well, that is going to do it for this episode, y'all. Y'all take care and God bless. 
Thank you for listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast. Faith and Fishing is produced and hosted by me, Cam Steele, and is sponsored by Jade's Jigs, Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle, Savior Outdoors, Atolas, and Mr. B Lure Company. Be sure to give us a rating and a review and to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode. Y'all take care and God bless.